Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. We all want to build a better business so we can be better architects. Well, a better business starts with planning your profit. Download our free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects at entrearchitect.com slash free course. Entree Architect Podcast, Episode 141. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect, just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. Our brand is more than our logo or the colors on our website. As we discussed last week with our friend Jeff Eccles of Echo Engagement, our brand is our story in the minds of the people interacting with our firms. Our brand is about emotions and feelings. It's about the way people see and feel and touch and experience our firms. In short, it's about everything. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, I invited our friend Declan Keefe of Boston-based design-build firm Placetailer back to the Entree Architect Podcast to join me and talk about How to Build a Brand That Resonates with Your Most Valuable Clients. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is sponsored by TrueStyle, the leader in high-end architectural interior doors. Learn more at truestyle.com. And Tanglewood Conservatories, combining the romanticism of the 19th century glass architecture with state-of-the-art technology of today. Learn more at TanglewoodConservatories.com. Declan Keefe, welcome to, actually welcome back to the Entree Architect podcast. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I love having you guys back. Uh, you know, there are a few people that uh, I've invited back multiple times. I think you are the second, third time person, maybe the third, third time. Um, but, uh, you know, I find somebody who I like talking to and has interesting things to say. I like bringing them back because I think <laughs> that uh, you specifically have have lots to share with the Entree Architect community. In episode 130, you were here and you talked about how you built your firm, Place Taylor, or Place Taylor. Place Taylor is the firm. It's based in Boston. 
Um, and we talked about how you built that firm and, and how you started that. So your origin story essentially was at first episode 130. People want to uh, listen to that. They can go back to entrearchitect.com slash episode 130 and hear that. And then in uh, 134, you were back again because you are an architect developer. Mm-hmm. And uh, entrepreneur architects love that term. <laughs> and and uh, and I wanted to pick your brain on how you did it and why you did it and uh, and with the good pieces and the bad pieces. And you talked all about that in episode 134. Today, you're doing another thing really, really well. And we mentioned it in the last episode. Um, branding. I think mm-hmm. you're really doing a great job with branding Place Taylor. Place Taylor, the name alone, is a great name. Uh, certainly part of your brand. Before we get into the details of Place Taylor and its brand, I want to start with your your thought about the idea of branding. What to you? Because I think branding means a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, for you and Place Taylor, what does branding mean to you? I'd say that branding to to me as an individual, I'm not sure I can speak on behalf of all of Place Taylor. Um, but is this the story that the people who hear about Place Taylor or see Place Taylor's website or see our buildings, it's the story that they remember that they would tell somebody. Uh, I think we often give ourselves too much credit to say that branding is actually the story that we tell. And I think that's actually the second most important piece. (laughs) The first is how can you, uh, distill it down so much that what they're left with is the brand that Place Taylor really has or the brand that whatever the business is. Because it really doesn't, your story doesn't matter. You already know what you believe in the in the company and the organization. It's a matter of what, what they believe and what they're left with. And I think that's a, for me, it's been a useful way of thinking about it uh, because it it extends the definition from what colors are we using? What fonts do we want? And how does our website come across? And expands it to how do you feel when you see one of our projects? How do you feel after you have a meeting with us? How do you feel when you finish going through our website? And it's the feelings that are going to carry and it's going to be the story that they then tell. So um, for me, that's what I'm thinking about all the way through you know, all the different pieces of branding, which, which I think we'll talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you said feel very three, four times. Yeah. So it's about emotions. It's about how, yeah. how clients feel, how they emotionally connect with you and your firm. And, and that's specifically because that's, that's how our memory works best is we're, we're far more likely to remember how we felt about something or the experience that we had than we are going to remember specific elevator pitch that I'm able to pro- provide word for word, right? They're not going to remember that. That's something you have to practice and work on so that they remember the feeling of it being, oh, those guys are fun and kind of wacky and or whatever it is that you want to to have them feel at the end of it. And yeah. and that that will change depending on who you're talking to, what you want them to feel, especially as in our business where we do architecture, construction and real estate development. There's a wide range of people in that spectrum who uh, need to feel different ways about yeah. about you at the end of the day, which I think probably would be worth us touching on today is just sort of how the brand needs to, to change and morph and uh, to to have that effect different in different ways with different people. Yeah, it needs to be flexible. Um, so so let's talk about that. Let's talk about because you said um, that it's about your story. And, and actually, just last week, we had Jeff Eccles of Echo Engagement here uh, talking about story at an mm. episode 140. Um, this is episode 141, so you can go back to episode 140 and hear all about storytelling um, and, and how it ties to brands. And so, so um, you had mentioned, Declan, that, that it's about the story and that story may change or uh, not necessarily change, but it, it, you may tell different parts of that story to different people, that different people need to, to feel different ways and different uh, – uh, you're trying to, to tell that story in different ways to different people. So – Let's talk about that a little bit. Who are sort of your your target markets? Because you actually have different people that you're trying to sell services to or team mm-hmm. up with, uh, mm-hmm. and and how does that story evolve depending on who you're talking to? So the the one that most often we think about when we're branding is 
the client. So uh, for us, our clients vary from a, a homeowner who wants a home to a real estate developer who is looking for either a developer partner or a architect or a builder. And the story to a, a client needs to be both that you're, we're competent and we can actually do the work that they want. And that's a piece of it. But the, the thing in this industry is there's a lot of competent people and it's, that's not what's going to make the sale. And so there needs to be enough information to say, yes, these guys do know what they're, they're doing, but there also needs to be the emotional piece of it to say they don't only know what they're doing, but they seem like they would be great to work with for X, Y, or Z reasons. And, and some of that can have to do with the, uh, the fact that, you know, maybe we do high performance buildings or our architecture is contemporary, but it also has to do with the fact that one of the first lines when you land on our website is, uh, making sure that you keep a smile on your face and that, that just sets the stage for, all right, these guys care about making a process that is enjoyable and fun and it can come across with uh, the colors you, we chose the even the, the pacing of the photos moving on the banner of the website to uh, the way in which we uh, use simple graphics so that it doesn't feel like you uh, need to be scared away but welcomed in instead so there's like that category of the people you're we're just trying to make feel good enough about competency and then welcomed into a process that is often scary to a to a homeowner particularly um, and then we have on, on our spectrum of a fairly wide range and I would, I'd maybe put at the other end of that spectrum, uh, a loan officer at a bank who needs to know that they don't need to know that the process is fun or that we are, um, going to, uh, have a pie party with the client at the end of the, the, uh, projects. They need to know that we've done enough of these that financially we must understand it and that we can answer all of the questions that they might have sort of inside and out with no hesitancy. And so I would say that the, we've had to try to find a way to strike the balance on our website and our branding such that it does feel welcoming enough, but that when I still send that same link to a uh, loan officer at a bank, they don't just say, well, these guys are just playing around having too much fun at work. They can't possibly be serious enough, but instead they have the feelings like these guys have made very intentional decisions about how they want to run their business. And that's what I want that, that person to see is that there's an intention behind what it is that we've done. And, and then I can supplement the things that maybe I would send to the client with, uh, a resume of our work and a, a development performer that's broken down, still uses the same fonts and colors and everything. So it matches and makes us feel even more like we've paid attention to detail, but it also has the level of detail that can reach beyond the uh, minute long videos that we like to use to explain things about our company. Um, so that's just a sort of an explanation of a bit of a spectrum on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and you mentioned that the first place you would send them is to your website. That sort of that sort of becomes establishes your brand, sort of the groundwork for the rest of your story. Um, and I think that it, websites in this day and age with the internet, it, it is the first place people go when people are referred to an architect. The first step they make is they go to their phones or they go to their computer and they they look for them on Google. Um, or they go directly to a, a, a link that someone has given them and they go to their website. And so that, that first impression of your website is a critical one. It's, it's a yes or no. People are going there to, to confirm that, that you're the right person or the right architecture firm for them, that, that, there's a, um, that it needs to resonate with them. And so I think you've done that very well with Place Taylor at placetaylor.com. Can you maybe start there? We'll walk through your website and um, talk about why you made some of the decisions that you made. Would that be okay? Sure. Sounds good. Let's let's start with the home and people at home can play along. They can type in <laughs> placetaylor.com and, and check it out. On yeah. Right on your homepage, something I noticed right away, different than most architects, there's no 
portfolio of screaming pictures. You know, that's that that picture after picture. The pictures are there, but they're actually not of you know professional photography of your projects. It's um, it's your your studio space and some as built you know pr- projects that are starting to happen and um, and sort of news and and details of some of the projects, but no finished projects on that homepage. Mm-hmm. Clearly, an intentional move. So, why did you do that? For us, what we're realizing is the people going to our website is people who have a potential project. The people who have a potential project, and in our eyes, the way we look at it, um, they maybe want to be inspired by our finished work. Um, but that home that I built for somebody else, just as our name gives away, we tailored that place. Um, it was made for that client. It was made for that site. It was made for that condition. And by just th- sort of throwing out these other projects we've done before, to me, I don't think that that's necessarily what the next client's going to want. It's not necessarily um, the right design aesthetic. It might not be the right scale. It might not be the right palette. It might not even be sort of the right typology of a project. It could be residential or can or commercial, it's it's like you're you're making a crapshoot about someone that you don't even know yet to say, look at this work that I've done, and isn't this what you want? I don't believe that that actually is how design should work. This isn't what you want. Of course it's not. You don't have that lot. You're not that person, and you're not that site. So I wouldn't even expect you to think that that's what you want. At which point, what I really want to make the sale about is what you want is a company that is going to work with you to create the thing that you actually want that you actually want. And, and so what we're really getting at on that front page is this is who we are. This is who the, the company is. This is what the experience is going to be like to work with us. Uh, and we're not explicitly saying you're going to do this and then you're going to do that. And then we're going to do this next thing, but it's more along the lines of, like I was saying earlier, we're trying to create this safe space that people feel welcomed into. Um, and in many ways, what we've realized is um, our product actually is unique and it's unique in a design aesthetic as it relates to a lot of the Boston architectural market. It's re- it's unique in its high performance nature. Our business is unique uh, in the way in which we're structured as a cooperative. It's unique in that we offer architecture, construction and development services. And so I don't feel like our business needs to flash about the idea that we're unique. What we need to flash about is the idea that we're unique and we're the kind of business that you would enjoy working with because you could have all the services and the goods that we say that we have and be a business that isn't an enjoyable process to work with. And so that's a much, much harder thing to get across on a website than it is to just show competency and services. Everyone's showing competency right. and services. And it's, it's fairly easy for those that are, are, decent at the sales process to get the we're welcoming and uh, this will be a fun process across when it's face to face because now this is a human to human interaction where you can just show them how the process will be but when they're seeing the website first you have to work extra hard to make sure that they have the feeling of who that person is or who the people are on the other end of this website so that they are moved to get beyond the website pick up the phone or set set up a meeting and send an email um, cause for me, not, nothing gets closed from a website. That's not where the deal happens. The deal happens when I meet with them face to face or one of my partners meets with them face to face. Um, and so the website is really just to say, I- I'm comfortable enough or excited enough to want to be a part of this adventure, this story, this sort of, con- this continuation of bettering the world. I want to be one of the people who, um, helps push the boundaries and innovate. And that's what we're getting at in our website is, um, come join us. We do all of these fun things. Let's do it together. Um, and so that's, that's why we haven't done that right at the top of our website. And not only at the top, it's, it's actually not even on the front page at all. Um, right. there's inklings of it. It's maybe the sort of teaser it's all right. You, if you like the idea of who we are, then you can figure out whether you like the buildings that we've designed. And it's clear on how you get there, but that's not that's not the message that you're 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 telling. First of all, the the 
the intent of your homepage, like you said, is not to make a sale or even to show beautiful architecture. It's actually very specifically laid out to guide them through the process of contacting you, <laughs> right? And right. It, it starts with some, some really beautiful pictures, but they're of details and, and projects that you're working on currently. And then it's very clear that it says, we design, and then in parentheses, beautifully. We build efficiently. We develop sustainably. So you're, you're setting it up right there. That's what you do. You know, so when they come to Place Taylor, Place Taylor could be anything, right? Doesn't say anything about architecture, but it very clearly says we design, we build, we develop, but in these ways, beautifully, efficiently, sustainably. And then below that, it gets even more developed. You have um, sections at once called tailored places, and then the next one says smart buildings, and then the other one says collaborative economies, and then a little bit of text about that. And next to each one of those is a link to click a video that describes what that means. So now you're getting that one-on-one -on -one interaction with a live, well, not a live video, but a, li a, a recorded video that then reinforces your brand. Um, and then at the very bottom, it leads to uh, a form that they could fill out and contact you, right? So, so it's a very intentional step-by-step -step process as they scroll down to meet the goal of connecting with PlaceTailor, right? And that's, right. That, that's what the homepage is designed to do, right? Right, absolutely. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to two new platform sponsors at Entree Architect, True Style Doors and Tanglewood Conservatories. As platform sponsors, these companies have provided funding and support for our overall mission to become an influential force in this profession of architecture. They recognize the need for small firms to build better businesses in order to be better architects. TrueStyle is passionate about providing us small firm architects with the inspiration and tools to transform our designs with the most distinctive, authentic, and special doors available. With more than 400 made-to-order styles, TrueStyle offers premium MDF doors for painted applications and 20 standard species of wood across all architectural categories, from traditional to contemporary and everything in between. Every True Style door is made to order. True Style, driven by design. Visit TrueStyle.com and start designing your doors today. That's TrueStyle, T-R-U-S-T-I-L-E.com. Tanglewood Conservatories custom designs and builds authentic residential and commercial conservatories combining the romanticism of 19th century glass architecture with state-of-the-art technology and master craftsmanship. Whether your designs call for a pool enclosure, a gazebo, a greenhouse, or a unique light-filled living space, Tanglewood Conservatories will help you create a custom masterpiece for your clients. Tanglewood Conservatories, anything else is just another room. For more information, visit tanglewoodconservatories.com. What we try to do is every step of the way down that homepage needs to be easy. And, and that's a big part of it for us. We don't want someone to be constrained or waiting for the next photo to pop up or, or filling out a long form or any of it. The videos, they're short videos, they're kind of fun, they're uh, a fast pace, they're um, using graphics that are spread out throughout our whole website so it feels integrated into it. Um, and it's also the case that if they don't want to click on the video, they don't have to. There's enough information there to just read the headline and move on. Um, it's, it's the client who maybe is back at our website the second time who's like, all right, well, what are these guys really about? Can now spend the four minutes on a website to, I mean, the way in which the internet is used these days, and it's, I think it's, there's a assumption that people spend a lot of time on websites, very short periods of time. Yeah. Even people yeah. really interested and in who are convinced that they want to work with you still spend a very short amount of time on your website. So to get someone to stay even longer than a minute is kind of an amazing thing in the web world. And so it's really about the headlines. And that's why we try to use these catchy phrases or the simple um, sort of design build develop is that, that that could be enough that might be as far as they get and if we've got them that far that's a good thing like th that's a much longer than the three second stay that most websites get um, and so for us to get someone to the, the web form everyone hates filling out web forms right and so ours it's just 
name, email, and check a box. I don't want them to have to type something. They don't need to let me know why they want to be there. Or just, just check one of those boxes and push send. And the reason I, I've purposely done that is it now gives me the reason to create a customized email back to them, which starts to get a little more human. They don't need to spend the time telling me things up front. I want to have that interaction with them because now we're actually getting a step closer to having that face to face meeting, which again is where we really make the sale. So, um, this was one that I didn't even really believe, you know, it's like, who's going to fill out this form. I wouldn't even fill out this form. And as soon as we put it on there and made sure it was simple, we get, we get people clicking on it every week. And it's like, and you know, they're pretty simple things. It could just be just saying hi. And that's fine. Like just say hi is one of the, the, the buttons right, on there. Right. You have, you have uh, that you want to receive emails from place Taylor. Um, you want that they're interested in place Taylor helping them design, build or develop. Um, that you're interested in investing locally or wondering what opportunities Place Taylor may have to do so. Uh, I want to work at Place Taylor and then just just saying hi. So you have five check boxes. Each one of those will send you an email essentially with their name and their email address. And mm -hmm. it'll set you up with knowing the context of what they want to do next. Right. And the, the back end of that is, you know, I have a, a – a canned email response that can be modified depending on who the person who the person is there and what and why and so it doesn't need to take that long to create a customized email to each person and then my process is I see that person again given the access we have to the internet I'll do some research who is this person why do you think how did they like how could I imagine they might have found us and why are they here um, and that could be how it's customized um, both in terms of the again, back to the branding of it, how do you want to approach that response email? It shouldn't be, shouldn't feel like just an auto response. Some like, what is the one little thing that's going to be the customized? Hey, do you know, uh, John from the passive house conference? Like whatever it is like, Oh yeah, you paid enough attention to know that maybe I know John. Um, and, and those kinds of things is it's humanizing, humanizing, humanizing because we're so much inundated by, the, the web interface that we don't we don't get enough of that that human interaction so that when we do even if it's via email or phone call it it is very welcoming I think yeah and I think that's that's definitely the message that your home page is sending it's it's fun and it's friendly it's very friendly the graphics the colors by the way are orange uh, orange and white essentially with with gray as sort of a, a trim color and then um, and the graphics are very simple and friendly and reference back, you know, tailored places is a, is a needle and a thread that's in the shape of a house. And they're all, you know, graphic designs. Smart buildings is a little shape of a house with a brain in it. Uh, collaborative economies is, is a thought bubble with a speaking bubble next to it. Really, really simple, but clearly friendly, inviting, um, makes somebody want to be part of the, you know, the, the place tailor world. You want to be part of that friendly fun world. Mm -hmm. right very very well done um so essentially your homepage is a call to action it's a it's a step-by-step -step process to learn who you are what you do and it gives them a step to take which i think is probably the number one thing architects don't do mm -hmm. on their websites they don't give the your potential client the next step it's not clear on what to do it's just a it's a portfolio of pretty pictures and if they want to find how to get in touch with you, they have to click through all the you know the links to get to the contact page, and maybe there's an email address that they can then email you. Mm -hmm. You make that very easy right up up front on the first page, and it's clear that that's what you want them to do. That's this the first step you want them to take. Right. Um, very very well done. Um, so do you want to say anything else about the homepage? I don't think so. Other than I mean, as it leads to the next pages. It, it's also if if they've been to the home page and don't need that story again right at the top is the way to get to the next level which a returning visitor who maybe is a client who I've met with and now they want to go back and show their partner what who what do these guys actually do that's also right there to figure out more detail about the company is easy to get to also so that's something that Imagine most people just scroll by on their first pass. They're going to see what's on the homepage, but on their second time around, it's also just as easy to go to the content that they want beyond that.
So right. So the so the top menu is is after home is projects, which becomes your portfolio. So they can scroll through the portfolio of projects um, and link on any of those, and it gives them more information. Then the next one is team, so they can see that uh, that of all the different people and their responsibilities in the firm with a photograph next to each person so that you can put a face to a name. Um, then contact makes it very easy to, uh, to contact you. And I love the first thing you see is you are unique, so are we. In a big <laughs> speaking bubble, let's talk. And then it gives you the, all the critical ways to, uh, to contact you with phone number and email and a map to show exactly where you are um, and your Twitter handle. And then the last page is great. The last page is what we do. And so it's a graphic design uh, flow chart, essentially, of the process of design and, and construction. And it walks them through step by step on, on what they do and what you do uh, and how it works step by step, uh, beautifully designed and completely within your brand and, and of fun and friendly and uh, focused on design. What made you do that, what we do, Paige, and how you did that? So it came directly out of uh, the the branding of our business when we realized for a while we we were just calling ourselves a design build business. We had lumped our company into sort of one category that was design and construction together. And in the market that we're in here, design build really means a contractor who's willing to draw something. And we wanted to break out from that brand because it's not really who our what our business is. We needed to make sure that we could actually separate architecture, construction, and real estate development from one another. And we needed to make sure that if we're gonna separate them in a way in which people don't usually see, because our business model is actually fairly unique for our area um, in terms of having all three of those in the business and offering them as full services on their own as well as combined with one another. We needed to explain in a sort of simplified and graphic way how you could choose to work with us. Uh, we, we talk about our business as a plug and play which means we're willing to just do design, we're willing to do construction, we're willing to do architecture, and there's all sorts of other caveats involved once we get into the detail of it. But from the get-go, it's which service do you need? And if you're starting from the top, how, do we, how are we gonna get through development, architecture, and construction? Because a whole lot of folks don't really know all of those processes. Even developers who do this all the time don't necessarily know how it would be to work with us because they've not hired one company that can do all of those services for them in one place. They're used to hiring multiple people and we're trying to convince them to sit, that it's actually better for them to just hire one because we can uh, potentially lower the cost, we can be more efficient, we can get closer to their vision, we can um, stay in schedule. You know, All of those different things is what arguments we're gonna build down the line, but we need to set the groundwork for them to just realize that, oh, okay, this could work. I understand how it works some other way, but. This is this is the way that this company does it, and and so that was the what we do. There's actually a page that we're working on that will actually go in conjunction with the what we do page, and it will be the next one, which is called why we do. Um, and it's a little bit more back to some of the the feeling of the first the homepage yeah. brand, um, but it's the ne the next level of detail of you know why do we care about climate change and energy efficiency. Like why, really, why does that matter? Not just assuming that you, everyone gets it, but what is the sort of depth? Why do we want to innovate in terms of the, the way in which we set up our business and what's wrong with the way in which the industry itself sometimes approaches business and equity? And like those kinds of things, it's a page that we're working on now to just take that next, next layer. All right, so you like the general net notion of our company, and you can work your way through our menu. Okay, you like our, our architecture, that's the projects page. These are the people you will work with. That checks out, okay, that's good. And then there's the contact page. So, you know, by that point, really we hope that you've reached us. Hopefully the homepage did it, but if you didn't, you'll at least get to us on the homepage. Um, I mean, on the contact page. And then after that, it's, it's more of what's gonna be happening, I think, of people in the process with us. It's how's this actually gonna work? And we can use that as a reference in a meeting with a client. I, I do that fairly often. I'll open up our website as our portfolio. So I'll just you know, turn the iPad over, or flip, turn my uh, laptop around and open up a, 
one of our project pages and say, what do you think about this project? We did this here, it had these challenges, but do you like that? Or open up the way in which we work and say, well, actually, we're at this phase in design development, so don't feel like we've locked everything in stone because we still have to get through um, the, the rest of these development columns and we have to get through to CDs and then there's permit and like, so it, it helps them just graphically understand, oh, there's this whole thing which which is overwhelming if you really break it down into detail, um, like a Gantt chart, but this is a graphic version of a sort of a vertical Gantt chart, if you will, of these, these, these things need to happen in conjunction with one another in order for you to understand how it would be to work with our company specifically. And, and those, those two pages, the what we do and why we do, uh, help to develop your story. And because there are some clients that will see the homepage and say, oh, I gotta work with these people. And then there's some clients that want to get into the weeds. They want to know everything about you and how you do it and why you do it. And those pages will be there for those people as well, that if they want to know more about you and how you work and, you know, they'll, they'll get locked into this place Taylor brand world and they love it. And the more you give them, the more they'll, they'll absorb, the more they want. Mm -hmm. uh, so by giving them the, what we do and why we do starts reinforcing that story and reinforcing that, yes, you are exactly the people that we're looking to work with. I think those are really uh, important pieces. So the website, uh, placetailor.com, P-L-A-C-E-T-A-I-L-O-R.com, um, is, is great. But your website is not necessarily your brand, right? Your website is part of your brand. Um, and you talked about how the brand is sort of the story in the mind of your clients or your potential clients. What other things offline are you doing that then tie back to the website and maybe the overall brand story? Um, what are some of the things that you're doing outside of the internet that, that reinforce your brand as Place Taylor? I think there's a couple different categories of things. The one that feels important to me is we say we make a lot of claims on our website about who we are and you know, all of the why we do and what's on the front page about sort of a collaborative economies and energy efficiency and carbon loads in our buildings. And I think part of the branding is having those, those comments actually be true and real. And so some of what that means is being engaged in the continual learning about what the next, the next thing is. And so if we're going to talk about collaborative economies, we really do need to understand the social structures of why we do organize our company as an employee and cooperative. And so part of that in terms of branding is going to the, the local meetings where we, we talk about um, alternative uh, ownership models and going when we're talking about energy efficiency, it's going to the, the local meetings where we're um, figuring out where the building code should go or conferences where we're talking about innovations in solar and battery technology. Cause if place Taylor just puts it out there and we claim that that's what's the case, but we don't back it up with it, it's no longer actually a brand. It's just a lie. The brand needs to be both what you're saying and what you're doing, it's the walking the walk, if you will, is really what makes the brand. And for us, given that what we're trying to get across is that we're, we're these open and honest and friendly people to work with, if you start off with a lie, it's automatic. It's already doing the opposite of what it is we're claiming we're doing. Um, and it's not that we would intentionally be lying, but it would yeah. be that but we're just not following up on that. So. I like to think of that as part of the brand is is actually living up to the claims that you make, um, whatever the claims may be. So how, and how that, are you doing that? You're going uh, to conferences and going to conferences were um, a big one for us as we we are part of the um, a lot of what we say is that we're connected to the community and so um, going to a lot of the community meetings uh, in our projects even when we don't need to go to the community to share them we'll go to the community and share and get feedback. Uh, we we run events uh, called in-house festivals, and whenever we're halfway done construction on a, any of our projects, uh, we open them up to the community and to our uh, our list of followers, and we have a party, and we invite everybody, and we make food, and we have some sort of artist 
there so that we can support the local art scene. So we've had um, various nonprofits come and hang their artwork in there. We've also had musicians come and play a concert. We've um, had imp uh, comedy improvisers come and do shows. We've had a, um, a youth theater come and do one of their theater performances as one of our houses. So it's it, those kinds of things where both it's we're inviting the community to use the spaces that we have and we're inviting the, 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 the local community and our own person like company community to come engage in the arts and the work in the world that's there. So we're bringing people together um, and we're doing it in the architecture that we're working on in the middle of construction, which is the reason we purposefully do that is uh, it's a it's a point in the construction process where uh, that space is being underutilized, and and it's a very sort of interesting and unique time to see a building that we very rarely outside of this industry actually get to see, and so people in the outside world don't really necessarily know what's in their walls or what and why, and so not only is it about the brand of getting people together and having a good time and uh, celebrating the arts, but it's also about educating them about high performance buildings because now they can see the double stud wall and the 16 inches of cellulose and the airtight windows that they've never seen before and maybe would never experience in any other way. But I'm not getting them to come and saying, hey, let's learn about energy efficiency and only the building science geeks show up. I want them to show up because they want to see their friends in a band and they also can see that there's a new way of building buildings. And so uh, it's like those kinds of events where we get to overlap the things in which we care about as a company, we can sort of concentrate our brand in a real experience. And those events particularly, I think, speak to our brand as it relates to sort of my, the first thing we were talking about, which is what is the story they're going to tell when they go home? And that story could just be there's these builders who like run these cool events. You should show up to the next one. And that could be it. Yeah. And that might be all they remember until their friends looking to build a house. And then they're like realizing that, Oh, wouldn't it be fun if our house could be one of those. And we want to hire these guys because they seem like their, their process is uh, more engaging and they want to be connected to the community and they care about the same things I care about. And that's where you've got them. Right. They yep. care about the same things that I care about. And there's only way to show that beyond just saying it on your website is to have people there engaged in those things and expressing that it is that you really care about them. And that can happen at different scales. Those events are great examples of it, but it, it happens similarly when you know, I'm invited to do lectures at conferences. It's not just going to see the conference. That's helpful because you can network, but actually trying to be the one presenting, which may mean you have to be doing work that's worth presenting. And... <laughs> And so that comes back to actually the where you draw the line in the sand of what work you're willing to do and what you aren't willing to do. We 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 judge our projects based off of um, what will we be testing on this project. And so we want to be learning something new every time we do a project. And it's in that learning that other people want to learn, which cre creates a place for us to then have speaking engagements. And then when we have speaking engagements, we need to treat them as very unique opportunities that we've been granted to extend our brand. And, um, and so I often will, uh, when I get a speaking engagement, I don't just do the standard slideshow. I think about the, the brand of what I'm going to be presenting. I might, I mean, I've done spoken word, I've done poetry, I create videos, like how are they going to come out of the conference and remember me over everybody else that was here? And, Again, I don't care if they really remember the content. They can go back to our website and find content. They can call me again and find content. They need to remember that they felt like that was the thing worth remembering when they left and remember at least the name Place Taylor or at least my name so they can find us when they want to look online. And so big, bold, orange letters of Place Taylor, start every slide, make sure you don't forget that, don't forget your contact information. Like the basics need to be tied in with how's this going to be, how's this going to connect with the overall story and experience that we want to have happen in place Taylor. So, yeah. I, I think that is probably the best definition of branding we could possibly imagine because <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, we talked about the website, we talked about experience, we talked about story, we talked about the feeling people have uh, and overlapping these different pieces. It's, it's everything. It's literally yeah. everything becomes your brand. Um, 
and and some of those those graphics and those colors and those images and the way people feel becomes the the uh, the framework on which the brand starts to plug in that that maybe your slides look very similar to your website and your graphics you know on your on your web on your business card are all very similar not the same but they all tell the same story give the same feeling and all these different pieces the experiences the meetings the the conferences the spoken word the all of it all ties back and becomes the brand becomes the story in the mind of the client so i so much information here <laughs> in this episode uh, declan thank you very much for sharing all this information today uh, i think it's been very very valuable to uh, to have this conversation well thanks for having me and uh, i do hope that listeners will check out the website and at least say hi on our uh a little quiz at the bottom of the website. Yeah, there you go. Placetaylor.com. Uh, you can also find Declan on Twitter at Placetaylor. Uh, Instagram, also Placetaylor. Um, Declan, before we go, I did, last time you were here, I, I think you may have been the first one, may have been the first one, where I asked my final question. And maybe, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to remind you what your final question, your answer to that was in the last one, because I think it may be different on this one. But what is the one thing that small firm architects can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? I think I do remember my answer, and I think it's probably similar, uh, which is uh, to to take a step back yep. and think about where it is you want to be going and in the journey that you want to take to get there. Uh, this is just not the industry to be in if you're here just to pulling the paycheck at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> right. And, and everyone's heard that and everyone says that, but they don't take the next step, which is if it's not, if that's not what you're not here, if that's actually what you're doing here is to enjoy the process, you need to actually take time to plan the process. And uh, it's not just about making beautiful buildings because that's not what makes a successful business model and you won't be able to continue running your business. And so it only will work if we can step back, look at it, talk to whoever your team is, find your mentors who can help you spend the time, and then you can jump back in and, and tackle it when you know which way you're going and why. Um, but until there's a why, it's, and at least for me, there's, there's so many things that this world needs that if we aren't operating in a why, we've already missed the boat. It's just, we, we especially as architects and builders and developers, we hold such a huge key to cha changing and routing the way in which people feel and operate in this world that we need to actually sort of respect the rest of the world and the impact that we have on it. And the only way to do that is to understand the why. So yeah, I would still say that's the same kind of thing. Yeah, very, yeah. very good. Very powerful. Declan, yeah. thank you very much for being here today and sharing your knowledge on Entree Architect Podcast. All right. Thanks, Mark. Complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 141. And don't forget to visit the website to gain access to our digital course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, and learn how to build a powerful profit plan that will work for your small firm. Visit entrearchitect.com and click the button right there on the homepage. Hundreds of architects have already taken this course. It's a great place to start building a better business for your firm. And it's free, entrearchitect.com. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I encourage you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thank you for listening, and have an awesome week. mentioned it to my family but in terms of telling people like oh yeah we're doing this i'm looking for projects you got anything yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me dreaming of launching your own architecture firm well, well buckle up for a wild ride with emerging
the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.